All right, welcome back to it. A lot of people wanted to get out and enjoy the nice weather on the weekend, specifically people that are into getting out and enjoying physical activities like golf. Golf courses have been fighting for Ontario to reverse the closure during the pandemic and the stay-at-home order. Tom Arnott is the past president of the Central Ontario chapter of the National Golf Course Owners Association. He runs a golf course up in Sudbury. And they represent, by the way, the association represents 300 golf courses in the province and is lobbying the province to allow golf courses to reopen. He says the campaign is aiming to fight fire with fire. What kind of fire are you using, Tom? Education. Uh, that's all it is. It's it's education. We don't uh, we as the industry don't see the uh, the shutdown of golf um, as as necessary at all. We played twenty million rounds in the province of Ontario last year by one point eight million golfers, and not one issue with COVID at any golf course. The sport is naturally aligned for social distancing. Um, we've proven that in twenty twenty. So yeah, we were taken aback um, at the announcement, and we're just. Uh, we're just trying to educate the the public as well as the government that uh, golf can be played uh, safely and it's great for the uh, mental stability of Ontarians that have been locked up, uh, cooped up all winter. And the you know the opportunity is here with the weather changing for us to get outside, enjoy some physical activity, um, and and recreate and and get some social activity with friends at at a distance, such as safely. And been proven that uh, all of twenty twenty. How much money are golf courses losing if they're closed down till like May 20th? What, what are we looking at financially and economically? It, it's substantial. It's, it's, it differs by property. It depends on, on how large the property is. Um, for us, we had our food and beverage staff were all aligned to start on, on 23rd of April, which was last Friday. We um, had 24 staff lined up to start. We had 12 pro shop staff ready to start, which is about you know a, a small percentage of what would normally start, but we had to lay them all off. Um, the problem with uh, one of the big issues with golf courses, but like any business, they have rent to pay, but our golf courses are a living being. They, they're growing constantly, so we have to have our staff out there maintaining them, but with zero revenue coming in, uh, the, the costs are pretty exorbitant, and they uh, they really hit home. And it's it's this time that people are educated that, that the average golf course in Ontario is run as mom-and-pop golf course, just run by families. Uh, your next-door mm-hmm. neighbor is the one running these properties, and it's, it's impacting them. I, every business is feeling it, but... Uh, you know, it's time for golf to stand up for itself and uh, educate the public that it's a safe game to be played. Do you think any of this has to do with uh, the optics of golf being a rich man's sport? 100% I do. 100% I do. Uh, that That is the optics for those that don't play the game, but uh, those that are involved in the game will realize, like I said, the average golf course is a mom and pop golf course, not, uh, you know, a high end, you know, high initiation fee type uh, scenario. The average green fee in Ontario is somewhere around the $50 range, maybe a little less. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is frustrating to deal mm-hmm. with that as a golf course operator. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was, I used to live down the GTA and I can tell you that, uh, you know, we'd season tickets to the Toronto Maple Leafs and I, I know what the cost of that was. And if that's not, uh, if that's not considered uh, elitist, uh, I don't know what is, but yet that's allowed as a business expense, what golf is. And so golf has always been picked on by the government mm-hmm. and it's just time that the golfers stand up and, uh, and educate the, the public. Well, depending on how bad you are, like I can only speak for myself, when it comes to golfing, but I'm out for about two and a half hours for a nine hole. <laughs> that might be ugly in your world. But, uh, you know, when you're spending, you know, f- let's say 40 bucks for a green fee at, at some uh, clubs, uh, it's it's actually good value for money and being outside. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Is. <laughs> Golf is, is, is like I said, I said it before, it's been proven safe. And I, I, I don't understand. I mean, last year when golf courses were allowed to open on May 16th uh, through the NGCOA, uh, there was a lot of work done 
to uh, work on the protocols that we would open under and the government okayed those protocols and sent the document back to us okay and what it is we proposed we opened safely we've we proved that we could do it safely and it's just it's just time that the uh this restriction is lifted uh it's not time to play politics it's time to understand that people uh, of ontario want to get outside they want to recreate they want to be social with friends but they also want to do it safely and golf allows for that right and golf also allows for you to play with your family in in that absolutely bubble. does absolutely does so, so cart ridership uh, in 2020 you could uh, ride in a cart with somebody else only if they're from the same household um so if you weren't from the same household it was single rider use only which puts you know a bit more onus on the golf course as far as maintenance there's a little you get some more compaction issues uh, so golf course damage is a little higher with that so costs go up but that's fine we're willing to accept that uh, we're not asking to change any of the protocols that are in place um there was a change made this year to allow those from non uh, not from the same household to, to ride together Mm-hmm. As long as they're masked up, um, if, even if that was reversed, we will accept that. Uh, you know, we'll do whatever the government says we need to do to, to do it safely, and it's in our best interest to do so as well as operators. We want to make sure that the game is played and it's played as safely as possible, so we can have the same successes in 2021 as we did in 2020 with zero cases of COVID through uh, through the sport of golf. How many newcomers did you see last year to the sport of golf? Do Do we have any metrics on that? <laughs> it's actually incredible. Uh, our membership is up about 20%. Um, we're looking at actually having to cap our membership. We're only an 18-hole golf club, so um, we're limited to how many members we can accept. We don't have outside green fee play. Um, we've had to we've had to change our operations. We used to have outside tournaments once a week. Um, we're, we're not able to do them right now because we can't have them inside for the dining portion of it. And our membership is so high that we're just leaving the golf course for our members. So uh, every golf course saw a bit of a surge. Um, I didn't hear anybody that had a negative uh, experience last year with uh, with as far as rounds played. And this is even with a late opening. And actually, we closed a little early last year. We hit, uh, we're in Northern Ontario. We hit just shy of 33,000 rounds. It was 32,726 rounds last year, which is highest rounds we've ever done in our 98-year history. Tom, you know, before the pandemic hit, I, I recall doing segments where people had said, you know, golf is is waning. The interest in golf, it's uh, an elitist sport and people are kind of... Uh, not as interested. Our youth aren't heading that way. Uh, do you think that the pandemic, although it's shut you guys down right now during the stay-at-home order, do you think in the long run it's going to be good for the game of golf? I definitely think it's good for the game of golf. A lot of people came back to the sport because it was the only thing they could do. Um, you know, either they came back or they took up the sport, uh, particularly younger generations that you spoke to there. Um, our job now as operators is to make sure that we engage them and uh, keep them interested in, in our facilities and in the game. Uh, I know I made a major push with our team here at the club to to do just that. Um, and it's 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 a challenge for sure, but uh, I think we can succeed and the sport can succeed. And I hope it really does because it is the greatest game on earth. It really is. And I'm not just saying that because I work in it. It's, there's a lot of reasons why golf is valuable, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, one's well-being as far as, you know, the uh, the walking and what, what you get out of the sport. Uh, you know, it's proven golfers actually live longer lives. Research, it's actually fact. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that, Cliff Clavin. <laughs> Good. I'll do that after the show. Um, how are you keeping young people interested? Because you just mentioned that you said you're going to have to look for new ways. How do you keep their interest in golf? So a big one for a big one for us is engaging them. The social media platforms have been great. Um, so we we really encouraging the use of social media. It allows us to uh, allows them to share stories and, and how much fun they're having. Um, changing the culture of the club. I mean, we were uh, we're we're an older demographic, or had been. Um, it's trying to shift the needle a little bit to to see the age group lower a little bit. It's great for us at, as a private facility to see that uh, 
that type of uh, growth of the younger groups because that, that is our future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just creating events and creating activities for them and um, just, just creating an environment that is fun for them to be around, supporting what it is we know that they uh, they, they look forward to, which is, you know, social interaction in a, in a safe manner, um, all while having fun. All right. So you're lobbying the government. Are they listening to you? And, you know, how are you, how connected are you to uh, the inner inner a circle of the Ford government that you could actually affect some change when it comes to the restrictions on uh, golfing. As I said, the, of the 20 million rounds played last year is by 1.8 Ontarians, 1.8 million Ontarians. Um, a lot of golf courses uh, we've asked them to reach out and uh, share their MPPs um, contact information with the guests of their golf course, as well as their members, ask them to reach out and uh, I- explain um, how golf did in 2020 and the successes we had and how, you know, we feel that, we're, you know, it's unfair that we're not allowed to open this year. Um, that, that's one way we've been reaching out now through the association. There's uh, regular meetings, um, with the jobs uh, recovery committee, um, to try and educate them as well on, on the fact that golf can be played safely. Um, but you, you nailed it on the head earlier. It's, it's definitely an optical, uh, play for sure, a political, and it's not, it has nothing to do with common sense because we proved last year we can do it safely. Does it shock you from a man who said, you know, the province at one point is open for business pre pandemic? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think about that every time I see one of those new license plates. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, I don't understand why certain industries are being, being targeted when they, when they've proven it. Uh, it I, I understand he's got a very tough job to do. I don't envy him whatsoever trying to please everybody on, on both sides of the table. I mean, golf course operators have that same issue that they deal with just on not on as large of a scale as uh, Mr. Ford would have. So, you know, I, I respect the fact you've got a difficult decision to make. I just, uh, I hope he can hear us when we say that golf can be played safely and allow us to reopen as soon as possible. Tom, I think there's a lot of people listening that would uh, point to the story out of Tilsonburg this weekend where a golf course stayed open and they plan to, to stay open. They're probably looking at some hefty fines. Do you think we're going to see more golf clubs decide to do that if this restriction doesn't get lifted? I I don't, I don't know. I would, I would hope not. I would hate to see, um, I don't want to see rogue operators because I understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, you got, you know, families to feed, you got business to operate. You don't want to lose the business you put so much into. There's a lot of expenses involved in the game of golf. Uh, they'll have their maintenance crews out there. So they got to pay these, these folks. Uh, so I, I, I feel for them. My heart goes out to them. Um, but obviously, from my stance on it, I, I can't support a golf course opening uh, before the government gives us the okay to do so. Um, it just could set us all back um, even further, and we don't want that. Um, so you you're going to play I, by the rules, like a good golfer. Hundred percent. I we have no no plans on opening prior to having the okay to, to to do it, and when we get the okay to do it, we will do it safely. But you'd like Ford right now to take a mulligan and say, "I got it wrong." I absolutely would. I absolutely would. I'm not alone. There's 1.8 million people in the province want to see Mr. Ford admit that. All right, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.